This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get things going. Happy Wednesday. Floating Jordan along with you. We're hanging out live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Busy show coming your way. We'll obviously take a look at last night's NHL playoff action. The Edmonton Oilers taking a stranglehold in their series against the Kings. But LA gets lots of time to rebound and prepare for Game 6. Islanders avoid elimination against the Hurricanes. And the Dallas Stars use an early major power play to uh, down the Minnesota Wilds and take a stranglehold in their series against the Minnesota Wild and uh, yeah, Dallas Stars now with a 3-2 lead in that series. So we'll dive into all of those today. Also have a game day to talk about here in Calgary. First of its kind, we're looking forward to it. Counting down the hours, we're just about seven hours away from puck drop at the Scotiabank Saddledome. If you haven't seen it already, it is decked out in Calgary Wranglers gear ahead of their first ever playoff game at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's the Wranglers. It's the Abbotsford Canucks. 7 o'clock tonight from the Scotiabank Saddledome. We will get you all set for tonight's matchup. Round 2, Game 1 of this best of 5 series with the first two games in Calgary. We'll hear from head coach Mitch Love speaking to the media. Cole Schwint as well, just after his 22nd birthday. Happy birthday, Cole. Emilio Pedersen as well on tap uh, this segment. We'll also uh, talk a little bit of Calgary Arena news. Some big news yesterday. Pat was all over it, of course. Let's stun anybody. Not really a surprise that Pat was was all over it yesterday on Flamestock. So you can get all the live reaction to that uh, with Pat yesterday with the news conference coming with the Cal- with the city of Calgary, CSEC, province of Alberta. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later this hour. And we'll also... Uh, here again from Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek, who uh, joined the guys on the big show a little bit earlier today and uh, hear her thoughts the day after that big announcement uh, at the Stampede Grounds. We'll also hear from Matt Marchese, Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Leafs not playing tonight, just two games on the NHL schedule. But uh, what's the mood like in Toronto uh, for a Leafs team that could finally exercise some demons and uh, get past the Tampa Bay Lightning in round one. We'll also talk to Maddie about a couple of different matchups, including the Bruins and the Panthers tonight. We've also got the Kraken and the Avalanche. You can hear Boston and Florida right here on your uh, Sportsnet 960 airwaves coming up at 5 o'clock following Flamestock. Let's uh, dive into last night. Three games on the NHL schedule. 
Stars and Wild, uh, your first game, or one of your first games last night, and uh, started off with a bang for Dallas. Um, a major penalty to Marcus Felino for kneeing. It was called a major on the play, reviewed, and uh, determined that it was indeed uh, a major penalty. He gets five minutes and he game misconduct. He is out of the game, and uh, Dallas makes him pay pretty early on. Tyler Sagan, one of the big reasons that this Dallas Stars team is not last year's team against the Flames, was a lot more dangerous in this series against Minnesota, is because he and Jamie Benn, maybe not entirely back to their old ways, but a lot more likely. You just heard it there. His fourth goal of the series, he scores just eight seconds into that major power play for the uh, the major penalty. That Dallas had that would be their only goal on that power play, but it sort of kickstarted things in Dallas's favor. Jake Ottinger was tremendous, twenty-seven saves for the shutout. Add goals from Robertson, Marchment, and Delandria, and Minnesota seems like they're in a pretty massive hole. Just down one game, but coming off a tough loss in Game Five, now heading to Game Six in Minnesota. Philip Gustafson got the start last night. 21 saves on 24 shots, an 875 save percentage. Got to wonder what people are feeling like with the goaltending situation in Minnesota after they went to Marc-Andre Fleury in Game 2. But Dallas with a big 4-0 win last night. You also had the Islanders squeaking out a win against the Carolina Hurricanes to keep themselves alive in that series. Pierre Engvall getting the Islanders on the board. Past the midway point of this first period. Turned over in front. The shot and a score. Pierre Engvall gives the Islanders the rare first period goal and the lead that comes with it. The shot and a score, Cam. Not too bad. The old shot and a score. It's a classic. Can't get, uh, doesn't get old, you know? No, and the first goal for the New York Islanders, you heard a rarity there. They've been trailing for most of this series. They would get up 2 nothing. Brock Nelson, his second of the year, and Matt Barzell with the dagger late in the third period of 18.05, already gone. He puts home his second of the series, Islanders, now down 3-2 in that series. And then, of course, last night, the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings, this one... All Edmonton early on, they would not stop pumping pucks past uh, Jonas Corpusal until he was pulled. He gives up four goals on 19 shots, including three in the first period. Nick Bugstad's first of the postseason, 11:49 into period two, would mark the end of his night. Enter Phoenix Copley. It wouldn't matter though. Zach Hyman using his head, folks, or his. His face, I guess, is more more accurate. Cam, you didn't like my pun last night of of Zach Hyman using his head. Yeah, I, he was, was fine. He's all right. Yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't have tweeted it if he was if he was hurt. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I would have felt bad for the guy, but it was a great play. 
right? Use your head or your face, whatever. Use your head. Put it in the it, net. It counts. Simple hockey. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't mean to do it, but it works. That's his second of the postseason on the power play from McDavid and Bouchard. Bukestad will get another one early in the third, and the Oilers roll to a 6-3 victory in Game 5. Now hold a 3-2 series lead, heading back to L.A. And uh, a bit of a frustrating part in all of this. Um, and look, NHL playoffs are last-minute scheduling things. We understand buildings are busy, but disappointing. We won't see the Kings and the Oilers again until Saturday night for Game 6. So both teams with uh, with time off until this uh, game on Saturday. They'll have the extra day in between. Uh, so a bit of a wait if you're an Oilers fan. You have three more nights of hockey to get to before uh, you could potentially see the Oilers getting past the Kings in round one once again. We'll talk more playoffs, like I said, in segment two or an hour or two with uh, Matt Marchese, our pal from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto, but did want to focus back in on the Calgary Wranglers and a game day from the Scotiabank Saddledome, the first ever playoff game for the Calgary Wranglers at home, and uh, should be a great one. This best-of-five series kicks off tonight against the Abbotsford Canucks. Let's hear from head coach Mitch Love on a game day, uh, I guess yesterday, before a game day, uh, getting set for all things in this series against Abbotsford. Should be a great one. Looking forward to a great atmosphere at the Dome tonight. Here is uh, Wranglers head coach Mitch Love getting set for this series. Well, hopefully win more than we lose, that's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, you know what? We hadn't seen them since January, so um, I've been telling this people, uh, telling this to people time and time again, like they've played some really good hockey over the last couple of months. Um, you know, there's been a lot of movement there this year with the Canucks on both sides, and I think this is kind of, they got their team now um, over the last month, and they've been a real tough opponent for, for everybody, not just us. So. Um, we're excited for the challenge. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to elevate some areas of our game, um, but everybody does this time of year if you want to win. So uh, we're excited to get going. What are you seeing from the guys right now? Are you seeing that excitement and that will to win right now? Yeah, I think so. I think they're just sick of listening to me in practice too. So I think we just got to we got to get on the ice and and have some different competition and uh, get to work. Coach, last week we talked about. Sutter and you know, the influence he has. Kind of Clark Bishop's the only guy that's raised the Calder Championship. Um, you know, how much will they lead? Will you guys lean on him that he's been through this experience? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know we've got some guys in that room who've played a lot of American Hockey League playoffs. We got some guys that've played in the National Hockey League playoffs. Uh, obviously, Clark, uh, you know, is familiar with the championship and what it takes at this level. Um, you know, we've leaned on him all year for his leadership qualities, and he, he's. You know, through consistency in terms of his role and what he's what he does for us here as a team over the last three or four months, he's been outstanding. And uh, you know, he's a playoff type player, so we'll be leaning on him and in the dressing room and on the ice. What's it like, sort of taking over the arena a little bit now that the Flames are out? How's that feel for the team and for you? Well, that's exciting. Um, you know, we haven't played a home game in like a month, so this is uh, this will be big time tomorrow night for the guys. So we gotta. We got to have good energy. Uh, we've got to keep our emotions in check. That's playoff hockey. Um, but we got to find our edge quickly and, and um, you know, try to you know rally behind our fan base. What's the biggest thing you've learned from last year's playoff run that you would hope to your guys can apply for this year? Uh, I think and just important for the guys in the room that were with us last year and learning through their own experiences. Like, you know. We had a lot of guys last year uh, that had been with this organization organization for two or three years that hadn't played playoff hockey. They got 13 games under their belt last year. 
Um, you know, I think that Chicago series when we lost out taught us a lot of lessons. Uh, it's a fine line, the, you know, the, the managing the game, managing your emotions, um, playing your game. Um, I, I think that's something that, you know, hopefully guys can, you know, bring towards this year's playoffs that we've got to be better in those areas. Is there a noticeable confidence level difference considering the, obviously, a guy like Dustin Wolf to a point where he was goalie of the year last year, but he's goalie of the year this year and MVP. Matthew Phillips continuing to score as well as he does. Jacob Peltier and, and Walker Dewey being back. Is there a noticeable difference from last year's confidence to this year's? Uh, I don't know. I mean, a little more turnover. I, I think the thing is, like, you know, with Peltier and Dewar, they were up in the NHL for two or three months this year, so that, that wasn't the case last year. Wolf's Wolf. I mean, he just tries to go out there and, you know, do his job, stop the next puck that hits him, and, um, you know, he, he's uh, that's what he does for us. So I... It, I don't know if there's any difference. I don't. I don't look at it that way. Uh, it's a new team, a different team. We said that early in the year when when our start wasn't very good. Um, but this is playoff hockey. It's hogwash now at this point. You know, what, what, we, we we haven't we haven't won anything. They haven't won anything. Let's let's get to work. What do you say to players in terms of how to manage emotions? Like you know, you're freaking out. You're super excited. There's tons of adrenaline. Like you know, is there a certain amount of screen time or time in bed to sleep? Or like how how do you advise them on how to manage that? Well, you got to have a short-term memory. I think, you know, there's there's going to be mistakes made. Uh, obviously, you want to limit those mistakes, but you don't have a lot of time to dwell on them. you got to get back to work. you got to have a good next shift. Uh, we want to have positive shifts as a team. I don't know, but I, I, like, I want our guys to play with emotion. I want us to play with edge. I, I'm an edgy and emotional guy myself, so I want our team to be that way. But we just got to make sure this time of year that, you know what, we're keeping it in check. Uh, we get rattled. we got to quickly reset and, and get back to our game. What's the biggest thing that you notice about Pelche and Dewar? time that they spent here coming back to you guys? Uh, with Pelche, his mouth never stops moving, I can tell you that, uh, whether that's practice or in the dressing room. But that that's him. I mean, our guys understand. He's played a lot of games with us the last couple of years. Uh, that's exciting to be around. And then Dewar's the same way. He's a character. I mean, he, he had a great hockey season. Um, you know, we're going to need him to get checked back in here quickly because he hasn't been around with us for a while. Um, but those are two guys we're going to lean on here in the playoffs. You mentioned playing with an edge and, and, and showing that emotion. When did you realize that that way of going about things works for your coaching style with, with your guys and even in your playing career? Well, we have a lot of character in our room. Uh, we got some veteran guys that have brought our young players along and, and, and kind of drug them into the fight. And, um, you know, you can't play this game without emotion. I don't, I don't care who you are, I don't know, top player, you know, bottom six player, you know, bottom pairing D. You got to play with emotion, compete. You got to win your battles. Some guys lean you shoulder to shoulder. Some guys strip the stick. I, whatever the case may be, it works for you as a player. You, you got to bring it, especially this time of year. And we're going to need everybody in that dressing room to, to do that. And they might have to come out of their comfort, uh, comfort zone a little bit. There you go. That is Wranglers head coach Mitch Love. You hear him weekly on Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg. But uh, doing the media rounds yesterday, I had a game one tonight. At the Scotiabank Saddledome, if you're uh, still trying to get caught up with everything Wranglers, they are the regular season champs. Beginning their postseason this evening in Game 1 as they host Abbotsford. In the Pacific Division semifinals, uh, the Wranglers would win 8 of 12 meetings with the Canucks this season, but Abbotsford took 2 of 3 to close out the regular season about two weeks ago. Uh, of course, Calgary led throughout the season by MVP and goaltender of the year Dustin Wolf. He finished first in the league in wins, save percentage, goals against, shutouts, uh, minutes played, shots, face saves, all of it. Dustin Wolf, uh, definitely the one to watch for tonight. And, of course, Matthew Phillips, EHL All-Star for the Wranglers. 
finished second in the league with 36 goals, fifth in the league with 76 points in the regular season, tied an AHL record with 15 game-winning goals. Uh, Calgary has not lost a home game in more than two months. Uh, they've won six straight at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, last loss, 5-2 to Henderson back on February 23rd. Um, that's uh, a good Wranglers team looking to bounce back from uh, last year where they went uh, pretty far in the, Cal- in the Calder Cup playoffs, but looking to expand on that this season. And one guy that's been a big part of the team this year that wasn't last year, Cole Schwint, who came over as part of the Matthew Kachuk, Jonathan Huberto swap. He's been a big member of the Wranglers, wasn't one of those guys they got an NHL call-up this year, so he's been a Wrangler for the entire season. He's excited for the playoffs to begin and uh, knows it should be a good atmosphere and a good test against the Abbotsford Canucks. Here's Cole Schwint yesterday getting set for Game 1, Wranglers and Abbotsford. Yeah, you know, obviously it's exciting, and uh, this is what you work for all year. And, um, you know, we had a little break there after the, the first round, and uh, you were ready to go. Uh, we've had a great week of practices, and, um, you know, we're looking forward to it. You guys are coming off those three games against Abbotsford just to finish your season. So is there anything else you're focusing on in this game? Are you working any differently and you just want to improve on? No, I think, you know, like the guys have said in earlier interviews, I think that those last three games were playoff games and, you know, they played us hard. And, um, you know, obviously we've watched video on, on those three games and, um, you know, tried to prepare our best, uh, you know, coming up here. Yeah, you know, I think experience is everything, right? And, um, you know, for him, he won it in Charlotte, and, uh, you know, I was there last year, and, um, you know, it's just an awesome city, and, and it's a great organization. And um, to kind of hear the stories and, um, you know, kind of be alongside him this year and kind of hear about that playoff run. Um, you know, it's awesome, and, and I think he'll, he'll mean a lot for us down the stretch. How tough does he say it is? Because it's, it's a grind. It's grueling. It's 16 games kind of thing. It can last a long time. What did he kind of yeah, you know, I think he said that every night's going to be a battle. Uh, obviously, you know, we've worked worked so hard to get here, and um, you know, it's just uh, everyone's got to stick together now and know that uh, that everybody's putting their you know their good foot forward, and um, everybody's working for each other now. Is it fun having a guy like Lucic out there. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I got to practice him the last two days, so he's cool, kind of just to talk to and um, you know, kind of pick his brain a little bit, be a sponge, and um, you know, he's one of those guys that you know you look up to. I've watched him play ever since I was a little boy. Don't fight him. Yeah, don't fight him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if this was asked before, uh, but how would you assess uh, your first pro season in the Calgary organization so far? Yeah, you know, I think obviously this year has been a bit of an eye-opener for me. Um, I think that there's some, some things I can build on. Um, obviously, you know, it's a learning experience, right? And I'm still a young kid and, you know, trying to soak everything in and, um, you know, just trying to be the best player I can be right now and um, definitely have some stuff to, to look at in the offseason. But... We're not there yet. Uh, we got a long playoff run here, and you know we're excited for it. What would you say is the biggest eye-opening thing you've seen this past year? Yeah, I think you know for me last year, I think coming in as a rookie, I didn't really have much expectation. I think um, I kind of left it open, but this year I put put high expectations on myself, and um, whether or not I lived up to them. Um, just it is what it is, and uh, you know, now it's it's back to the drawing board, kind of make sure that I'm, I'm ready to go for this playoff series, and um, you know that's all I can really focus on right now. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, kind of just to be in the same atmosphere where the Flames play. I think um, you know that's all where we want to be, right? We all want to play in the NHL, and um, you know, kind of just to be in this this room, be in you know, this atmosphere. It's it's kind of cool, and um, you know, it'll definitely give us a little bit of a boost. What makes Abbotsford dangerous? 
they're a tough team. They they play hard. Um, they're very structured, and um, you know that's that's one of the things that we've we've taken note of, and um, you know we're ready to go. You know, that's Cole Schwint, Wranglers forward, getting set for tonight's matchup, Game 1 against the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, obviously, the Abbotsford Canucks are the AHL affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they're coming into uh, tonight's game uh, after a Round 1 uh, victory over the Bakersfield Condors. They were fourth in the uh, Pacific Division in the regular season. Beat Bakersfield two games to none in their first-round series last week. You'll remember some of the names. Uh, familiar to Vancouver Canucks fans, including Niels Hoaglander. He led Abbotsford with four points in those two games. He scored the game winner in both of those. Eddie Shore award winner Christian Wolanin is uh, there as well. He notched three goals, ten assists in nine games against Calgary this season. This series also marks the first all-Canadian matchup in the uh, Calder Cup playoffs since the Toronto Marlies met the Abbotsford Heat in the conference semifinals back in 2012 back when the Abbotsford Heat were the AHL affiliate of your Calgary Flames. Some other interesting names to watch for on this uh, Abbotsford side of things. Of course, Spencer Martin, who spent a good chunk of the season up with the Vancouver Canucks, is now back with Abbotsford uh, and is projected to start in goal for them tonight. Jet Wu, former Calgary Hitman, uh, star in the WHL for many years, now in the Vancouver Canucks organization, uh, going through there. Noah Juleson still there. Jack Rathbone, these are kind of guys... That have been up and down with the Vancouver Canucks over the last couple of years, who uh, now apply their trade with the Abbotsford Canucks and are trying to uh, perhaps make a statement and see if they can't come out on top of this game against series against the Calgary Wranglers. Reminder: first two games at home for the Wranglers, and then games three, four, and a possible five in Abbotsford later. So you got tonight against the uh, Canucks, and then you got Friday night for game number two. And I was just checking. Uh, the tickets for tonight, there's not many uh, still out there. If you're heading to uh, to Wranglers.com to look for tickets, uh, try to get some. You're, you're going to be able to find some for sure uh, a little higher up in the first bowl, and I see they've opened up even a couple of rows, uh, a couple of rows, I should say. Uh, let's see here. What sections are those uh, in the second deck? So a couple of rows now, uh, right like two or three rows ahead of the um, – Second bowl there, so if you're looking for some tickets uh, for tonight's game, you've got uh, some options, but obviously they're going fast. And then Friday, looks like it's filling up even quicker, so uh, they've opened up uh, a couple of sections in the uh, 200 levels of the Scotiabank Saddle Dome uh, for Friday's game because there's really just a handful of like two or threes together in the first bowl. Uh, and in the second bowl, they've opened up five or six sections. So uh, if you want to get your tickets, do so quickly because they are selling out fast. You don't want to miss uh, a chance to see these Calgary Wranglers at home while you can. Just a best of five series. So these are the only two home games coming in round two for the Wranglers. Like I said, tonight at 7 o'clock and then, of course, Friday as well at the Scotiabank Saddle. On both of them, 7 o'clock puck drops. You can watch the games on AHL TV. You will need a subscription uh, to the uh, postseason if you'd like to catch the Wranglers and the Abbotsford Canucks. Looking forward to that. We'll uh, break it all down tomorrow on the show as well. Well, yesterday came uh, with some pretty big news for the Calgary Flames and teams like the Calgary Wranglers, the Roughnecks, the Flames, and the Hitmen, and that's in the form of a new event center for the Calgary Flames. We're about, uh, we'll talk say about a 24-hour period. Since then, how are we feeling about uh, the arena deal, at least the arena deal in principle 
Uh, we'll also hear from Calgary Mayor Jody Gondak, who joined the guys on the big show a little bit earlier today for her perspective on the agreement. That's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the program. Yesterday's arena announcement still buzzing around for Calgary sports fans. Calgary Sports Entertainment Corporation, City of Calgary, the province of Alberta, meeting yesterday to announce that they had agreed in principle to a new event center and district downtown that would house that would house the Calgary Flames, of course, and uh, Calgary Sports Entertainment Corp's many franchises like the Hitmen, the Roughnecks, and uh, the Calgary Wranglers as well. And it's a story that's been uh, through many different iterations here in Calgary. Our good pal Ryan Pike um, going through it, a regular contributor to Flamestock, has it on his Twitter, the whole timeline of how things went going all the way back to the floods and uh when we started having this conversation with uh the late great ken king and his vision to bring a new home to the calgary flames and try to get ahead of it and you'll remember the uh years of conversation around calgary next you know the last arena discussions that uh got pulled out of the, the rug pulled out of them um at the very last minute and now we're back again and it's an exciting time. It's a cautious time for many. Of course, there's, you know, with anything that involves public money and, and provincial money, all that sort of stuff, there's going to be people who are, are for and against it. Obviously, here um, we come with a, a, a bit of a bias, and I'm sure many listening come with that same bias that uh, they're sports fans, they're going to be users of the new facility and are very excited for it. And uh, I'm not here to debate any of that. I'm I'm, I'm pretty biased. I'm excited for the opportunity. I think it's going to be great. Uh, I think the city is long overdue for a place like this, and um, I think it's going to be great for us to have it when it's finally said and done. Of course, until that final paperwork gets signed off by all parties and shovels are actually in the ground, I think a lot of people in Calgary will be cautiously optimistic about the project, and, and it should be. The last time we thought this was you know, signed, sealed, and delivered, we found out that it wasn't. And uh, now we've been in a process for the last couple of years of, of getting back to this point. So we'll see. Uh, again, I think at this point we're on the right track. It feels like these negotiations have been fairly amicable from all sides. And hopefully this means sooner than later we're talking about actual progress um, towards a new building. And I'm curious, so the text line at 960-960, if you're listening live for, for your live reaction to it and how you're feeling today about the the news that you've heard yesterday. You've had time to uh, probably see the renderings of where the arena is going to be. You've had time to process the funding for it and uh, how it's going to work out, who's going to chip in what, who will be responsible for what. And, you know, of course, we don't have actual drawings of what the this version of the building will look like. We're kind of going off of what we'd seen last time that was presented from the CSEC organization. And um, uh, just a general feel for it here. I, I know we're excited. Cam, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, Cam and Taylor, my outstanding producers. It's, uh, it was an exciting day yesterday, right? I'm sure as you guys were, were getting ready to do everything with Pat and you found out the news that it was going to be one of those fun things we weren't necessarily expecting yesterday either. Yeah, I wasn't expecting, um, you know, obviously you hear City of Calgary is making an announcement. You think, oh, great, it's a new arena. 
Uh, and then they drop the whole, it's an entire district bomb. And it's like, oh, now we're actually talking about, you know, changing an entire section of downtown. And I think it's really exciting, especially the the thousand seat uh, community rink that's going to be part of that development. I think it's going to be really great. Taylor, were you excited? I think it it's bringing something to downtown that we didn't have before. Like in Edmonton with our ice district, it was kind of a little bit of a rundown place and there wasn't much going on, but they completely renovated and redid that entire district. And now it's like one of the go-to places and it's so packed and busy and it's just, there's always something to do down there. Yeah, it's it's extremely exciting. I think that it, it can totally reform it. I think it should. I mean, look, you don't have to tell people here uh, it can be frustrating to miss out on concerts or different events because you don't have a, a spot like that. And look, it is a world-class city. We international airports. We see, you know, tons of, of world-class events. BMO Center is only going to bring more of these with the expansion. You still have the Stampede. You have all of these events yet. You didn't really have a place to back it up if you were um, Calgary for a lot of these different events. And now I think you'll finally have that. And uh, like I said, is it 100%? Is it? Is shovels in the ground and we're working towards it? No, but we're we're hopeful that that gets to that point, and I think it's going to be an exciting process to uh, to finally see it come to fruition. If this is indeed um, the level and the direction that these guys are are heading towards, and one of the major parts of this was uh, Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek in the city of Calgary and their role in all of this, and you know how things went after because you'll remember the last arena negotiations that fell through began with former mayor Nahid Nenshi, and uh, once uh, Joni Gondek got into office, it became um, part of her office's duties to finish off the role with the Calgary Flames, and uh, we all know that didn't happen. Now, they went back to the table. They've spent months and, and years and time and negotiations, money, all this sort of stuff to, to get back to this point, and why was this deal more amicable for the city than the last one? Why did it make sense now? These are all questions... That people had, and uh, good on the mayor. She joined uh, Rustic and Rose on the big show earlier today to uh, to answer some of those questions and to dive into it with the guys and to give Calgarians uh, a good perspective on you know what this deal means for them and the city's perspective in agreeing to this with the Flames and uh, the province of Alberta. So we'll replay that uh, for you now. Here is Calgary Mayor uh, Jody Gondek with Rustic and Rose a little bit earlier today, talking all things uh, arena deal with the Calgary Flames. Obviously, uh, Jody, with with the news yesterday, the exciting news yesterday, can you just take our listeners through the steps to how we got to yesterday's announcement? I can, absolutely. So in January of 2022, Council voted unanimously to think about how we could reimagine a way to advance the construction of a replacement facility for the aging saddle dome. And since that time, it's been about 15 months, we have managed to um, have a visioning group see if parties were interested in coming to the table, and that happened. We then entered a negotiation phase in fall of last year. Uh, we retained CAA ICON as our consultant, and as you know, yesterday we had a unanimous vote of council to move ahead with agreements in principle. Uh, it's a partnership between the City of Calgary, Province of Alberta, Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation, and Calgary Stampede. Have you felt the maybe pessimism or cynicism around a new arena in this city while you were doing or trying to construct this deal? 
Uh, we have heard both pessimistic and optimistic opinions. Um, there are people that are in favor, people that are against. But I will tell you that ultimately the deciding factor for council was that we are making an investment into, into the Rivers District Master Plan. So anyone who's aware of that area knows that um, we invested about $400 million into infrastructure to bring East Village to life, and it has attracted $3 billion in private sector investment. So that's the vision that we have for these lands as well, which happen to feature an event centre and a community rink. Mayor, how much did the province getting involved help move this along? It helped quite significantly. Um, some of the infrastructure stuff, the things that are, you know, uh, less attractive to talk about, but also mm. critical to success, mm -hmm. things like Sixth Street underpass and road improvements and creating the outdoor and indoor event spaces. All of those cost money and the city would have been doing it on its own. Uh, but now we have a partner. So that was uh, that was very good news. So let's say I'm not a hockey fan, but I'm a, a, a tax-paying Calgarian. How am I? How how is this going to affect the taxes that I pay here in Calgary? Yeah. So there is no increase to municipal taxes based on this deal. Uh, the money that we are leveraging uh, was earmarked for a previous deal, and we also use money from reserves. So there are no municipal tax implications, and we're not taking on any debt into the future. When that reverse district um, has its community revitalization levy lifted. And by that, I mean that there's a tool right now that keeps any tax uplift in that area. Once that tool is removed, Calgarians stand to benefit a great deal by the property taxes that are generated by this district that we're creating. So it will benefit Calgarians well into the future. Uh, Mayor, I wanted to ask you, should our listeners be concerned on which way the provincial election goes that maybe that could throw a wrench in the deal that you guys struck yesterday? Well, I am also a citizen and a taxpayer, and my um, optimistic approach to this is that we have demonstrated why it's important for the provincial um, contribution, why it's important for them to be a partner. We are creating um, some community building infrastructure here that they um, absolutely can and should be a part of. So once again, regardless of who wins the election, we can demonstrate why this is a very good project to be a part of. Now, getting uh, everything back on the table here, because obviously things came to a kind of a, a jolting halt. How was it to kind of get everything back rolling? Because obviously this is something that everybody wants to get done. Yeah, um, I can tell you that each partner that um, was along for the previous deal, as well as the province coming in now on this one, everyone was interested in a fresh take. Uh, we were all very interested in making sure that Calgarians were getting the best possible district and venues. And um, like I said, we remained optimistic that we could build some trust and get something good done. And that's exactly what happened. And I have to say, got to give full credit to my council colleagues. Everyone kept everything confidential this time around, and that made a big difference. Mm -hmm. It demonstrated a willingness to negotiate um, confidentially. And once again, I will tell you that trust building was the biggest um, exercise that led to success. Mayor Gondek joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. How aware are you and of council how important the Calgary Flames are to this city? And it's, it's an unfortunate reality and maybe something that a lot of fans or even people in your position maybe don't want to think about too much, but 
the longtime viability of the hockey team in this city is tied to a new arena. Is that something that was always on the back burner, something that's always discussed with you and the other council members? I think it's very evident if you take a tour of the Saddle Dome that um, that venue needs to be replaced. And council did go out and have a look. We looked at the fact that there's only one loading dock, which is not great. Um, it means that, you know, if you have 20 trucks for a concert, you are going in and out of that bay 20 times just to offload equipment. So it is a dated facility. It needs to be upgraded. That was a fact. So that was the biggest thing that drove us to looking to a new deal. And, you know, I, I think it's important for people to recognize that <clears throat> the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation has several teams that add to the life of the community. I had the incredible pleasure of doing a panel with um, Ken King many, many years ago. And we talked about the role that sports plays in a city and the sense of community that it builds. So I think it's amazing that we're going to be executing on a project that really um, livens community spirit and gives us something to look forward to. Apart from the, the, the arena itself, how do you see this building kind of strengthening that community aspect? Because there's going to be more to it than just the rink. Absolutely. There will be street-facing retail, which, again, um, benefits the property tax base. There are going to be indoor and outdoor event spaces, so more opportunity for performances. We are uh, planning this right next to the BMO Convention Center. So, you know, anyone that's coming in to take in a concert or a game or is in town for a conference, you're going to have a full immersive experience in that area. And, you know, for anyone that's gone to other places that have really managed to bring a district to life, that's the kind of experience you'll be able to have in Calgary. How much of an economic boost do you see this project giving that kind of area and really the city as a whole down the road once construction does get underway? So I can't speak to the specifics because we have to get to definitive agreement stage. So I can't tell you when we'll have shovels in the ground and, mm -hmm. and what we anticipate, but there will be jobs uh, involved not only in the construction but you have to think about the fact that, you know, there's going to be restaurants and hotels, um, all kinds of developments that are going to be coming on board. And folks that are working during special events and games, this is going to be a big uplift to the economy. And it's going to be a job creator for Calgarians. Um, Mayor, when, when, you, when the actual plans are released to the public, and I know that's something you'll be working on here in the spring and the summer, how important is just the access to the new building going to be we know when getting to the saddle dome now it's obviously traffic headaches it isn't the biggest streets the biggest roads to get there how important is just access to people to get to the new arena when eventually it's built well i'm glad you brought that up access is absolutely critical and that's why the infrastructure investments that we're talking about are so important it's roadway improvements it's creating the sixth street underpass to allow for greater access um, and remember the green line is coming on board right away as well so um, there's a lot of opportunities that will go along with this facility and with this district, and access is absolutely something that was top of mind. Now, as we move forward with this, it's it's one of those things that, you know, you mentioned you can't really give us a timeline, but what are kind of some of the next steps here as we move into the rest of the spring and the summer and the fall? So the very next step is getting to the signing of the definitive agreements, which we imagine will happen over the next few months here. Once that stage takes place, um, it will be the design and uh, engagement phase. We will talk about the design of the realm as well as the two facilities. 
And then once those plans are approved, it'll come to, as you asked, shovels in the ground. Mm -hmm. Why was uh, that kind of area the spot that was settled on? Because it it was kind of the previous area as well. There's always been talks about other spots around town, but why was that area the one that you settled on? Well, for Calgary, the fact that in 2007 we created this Rivers District um, is pretty significant. That was when we put in a great deal of investment into the infrastructure that was needed to allow this to happen. Um, There's other parts of the city that this could have taken place in, um, but it would have been an event centre sitting by itself without the infrastructure upgrades that are needed. We've already invested a great deal of money into this area, and it's been very successful. And let's remember, too, that we've got Calgary Stampede here as a partner, and Mm -hmm. their future vision also stands to benefit from this. So it made sense in terms of what is available at this site and the improvements that will just take it to that next level. Um, Mayor, are you going to at least take maybe some input from the public um, on what they think this arena or facility should look like? What are some of the amenities it should have? Because as you mentioned, uh, when you go through the Saddle Dome, uh, it's very antiquated. Is that something that's been discussed? Absolutely. Um, We believe that it's important to get feedback on uh, design. It's important to get feedback on the public realm that people will be engaging with. So we will um, ensure that the public has an opportunity to weigh in. That's the same thing that we did um, the last time, and we will continue to do it this time. Um, I have to ask you this question because uh, when it comes to building professional sports arenas, that's something that's been a very polarizing topic in North America, not only in Canada, but also in the United States. What would you say to our listeners this morning who say that maybe this should be completely privately funded? Yeah, there's many ways to look at this. There's folks that say it should be completely privately funded. It certainly would have been amazing to have that. But the fact is no one stepped up to do it in a 100% private manner. So we also have to consider the best interest of Calgarians into the future. And by generating this kind of investment into this district, the tax uplift that we're going to see, and again, I know it sounds kind of boring, but the property Hmm. tax assessment value that will come out of this area is going to be beneficial for Calgarians in the long run. It's um, part of downtown. And remember, downtown generates the greatest amount of property taxes. And that is the only certainty and predictability we have when we set budgets. So this is important for Calgarians to maintain the level of service that they expect from us. Uh, I know, Mayor, even even Matt just asked you, and it's a question that you keep getting hammered on, but I kind of just want to put a little spin on it. If I'm a Calgary's Flames fan, Mayor Gondick, am I sitting in a new arena by the end of this decade? <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Okay. Okay. All right. I can live with that. We'll take that. I can live with that. That'll help. <laughs> it is 2023, so at least there's, uh, there's, there's a light at the end of the work. tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. <laughs> You're giving me six years. Okay, yeah. that's good. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll be sitting in an arena within the next six years. Uh, Mayor Jody Gondek, uh, thank you so much for this. And uh, best of luck uh, in planning the new arena. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. That was terrific stuff. Thanks very much. Thank you so much, Mayor. Awesome. Thank you. Have, Have a great, great day. day. Safe, Safe travels. Enjoy. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. There you go. That's uh, Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek with the guys on the morning show earlier today. I thought I'd play that for you. It was a really good chat with the guys. Uh, Rusty and Rose handled it great, uh, bringing up some tough topics, some stuff that, you know, both sides of it, as you know, public money being invested into, um, you know, a sports arena or a district, anything like that can be um, controversial, as the text line has 
you know, obviously seen at nine six zero nine six zero, and we'll continue. It's it's been a topic I I've been here since uh, nine sixty since you know we were talking about Calgary next and uh, going through it in those contexts, and people were there's always going to be people on both sides of it, and um, you heard some of the mayor's reasonings as to why. Um, it was an important project for them. How it affects tax, how it affect taxpayers, uh, in her mind, and um, just overall what it's going to do for the city. And uh, from again, from our perspective or my perspective, a biased one because um, I spent a lot of time working at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome and um, being a part of the sports scene here in Calgary. Yeah, it's exciting. It should be uh, something I think that we're very excited about here in the city of Calgary. But if you don't feel that way, I, I don't one hundred percent blame you on that either. Uh, a couple of texts at uh, 960960 uh, coming in as we were hearing that. Our pal Tyler and Bonex texting in uh, saying, I hate mixing anything fun and positive with politics, but that announcement was a total vote grab for the UCP. If they get voted in, you'll watch it turn into a, well, we actually have to put in more money than we thought into healthcare and just no longer have the funding for this uh, project. It's not a need, so it'll have to wait. Uh, that's enough negative Nancy for me for one day. Love the show, guys. Thanks for texting Tyler. We always appreciate that. Um, and yes, if the Calgary uh, Blue Circle is watching, uh, Scott W. texting in saying, uh, this Oilers fan thinks that a new arena deal in Calgary is uh, taxpayers' money better spent than on a Blue Circle. Fair enough. Uh, and as a couple people have, have pointed out and brought this up um, on the text line and in different spots, you know, what does this mean about McMahon Stadium? Unfortunately, it doesn't mean anything for McMahon Stadium. Um, despite the Calgary Stampeders being a, a part of the CSEC family, this does not include any plans for them. And in fact, I would think going back to uh, the fan forum that they had not all that long ago at McMahon Stadium with uh, new president Jay McNeil and the Calgary Stampeders, you know, and them talking about sort of having McMahon as this legacy piece in the CFL as one of its older arenas. I I can't say that anything's on the horizon. It certainly doesn't feel that way. I know Danny Austin, uh, our pal from post media is always on top of that. And, you know, he's tweeted out in the last little while that, you know, it, it sucks, but that doesn't sound as though anything's changing for McMahon. This right now is about the flames and um, those member teams that can fit into uh, an indoor-based arena, and that's obviously the Hitmen, the Roughnecks, the Wranglers, the Flames. Um, the McMahon Stadium one is one that's been talked about for a long time. It was, you know, initially part of going back, remember, to Calgary next and, and trying to house everything in one area for the Calgary Flames and CSEC, but as of right now, um, there's nothing on the horizon about that, and that's, that's disappointing. Uh, I know the Stamps are doing everything they can to make McMahon as serviceable and as as good as it can be. I'll, I'll say it that way. I think that uh, I give a lot of kudos to the Calgary Stampeders for um, all the changes and all the money that they're going to spend on McMahon Stadium to make it as good for Stamps fans as it possibly can be. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is on that is until a new arena gets done or a new football stadium gets done for the Stampeders, they're still going to be playing in um, a less than than serviceable place for uh, for most football games. So it's disappointing that there was nothing on the Stampeder side of things for this. But you know, uh, as of right now, if you're a Calgary sports fan, if you're somebody that's excited about the new event center, um, you know, be happy about what we've got so far. And hopefully, it's not too long down the road 
that we're talking about some sort of solution for the Stamps and uh, the future of, of McMahon Stadium. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll kick off Hour 2 with more uh, NHL playoff discussion with our pal Matt Marchese, Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Some interesting news out of the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs practice today involving Michael Bunting, who's finished his three-game suspension and a look at the two games on the schedule tonight. That's all coming up with Maddie next here on Sportsnet 960, the fan.